How many have ever heard of a gentleman by the name of George Washington? Well, did you know that on the third day of October in 1789, he wrote these words. By the President of the United States of America, a proclamation, whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey His will, and to be grateful for His benefits, and to humbly implore His protection and favor. And whereas both House of Congress have their joint committee requested me to recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the mighty signal favors of Almighty God, especially by affording them an opportunity peaceably to establish a form of government for the safety and happiness. Now, therefore, I do recommend an aside Thursday, the 26th day of November, to be devoted by the people of the United States to the service of this great and glorious being, who is the beneficent author of all good that was, that is, and that will be. Hallelujah. <laughs> Proclamation. Our founding fathers believed in the providence of Almighty God. They believed in the favor of God. They believed in being protected by God. They would lift up their voice in those days in one accord, thanking God for His blessing upon this nation. And so today, I want us to pray. I want us to believe God that the favor of God and the hand of God remains strong upon the United States of America. In the name of Jesus, the benefits of Almighty God. I declare the favor of God upon the people of God in this nation. We declare an awakening in this land. From the north to the south, from the east to the west. God, let there be an awakening to righteousness. May there be an awakening to right standing with you and right living. Father, we call upon your grace and your mercy for this great nation. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We declare that you are not finished with the USA. Amen. And the USA is not finished with you. Amen. And so, Father, we pray. Let's just pray right now for a few moments. Lord, let it rain on this nation. May there be a grand and glorious awakening to the things of God, to the blessings of God. We give you glory for it. We give you praise in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Turning your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, I want to look at the message translation. Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, his blood poured out on the altar of the cross, we are a free people. Free of penalties and punishments, chalked up by all of our misdeeds. And not just barely free either, we're abundantly free. John 8, 36 in the Amplified says, 
So if the Son of if the Son liberates you and makes you free men, then you are really and unquestionably free. I like how that says that we're unquestionably free and that we have been abundantly set free. Now, Timothy said something that could happen in the last days to believers and unbelievers. He said some of the characteristics that can happen in a believer's life and an unbeliever's life is they'll be unthankful and obviously unholy. I do not believe that you and I should allow ourselves to be so selfish and self-absorbed that we forget about being thankful to the Lord. Amen. Thanksgiving. Giving of thanks unto Him. Last week we talked about freedom from oppression. This week we're going to talk about freedom from being ungracious or freedom from ingratitude. Turn me to Psalms 106 verse 1. Psalms 106 verse 1 says, Praise ye the Lord. O give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy... His mercy endures how long? I'm glad His mercy does endure. You better be glad too, you rascal. The message translation says this, Hallelujah! Thank God. And why? Because He is good. Because His love lasts. So we see the principle in the Word of God giving thanks, not because you feel like it, not just when everything is good. Amen. No, because He is good. There are two appropriate times to give thanks. When you feel like it and when you don't. He's good all the time. He's worthy to be thanked and praised all the time. Did you know that each and every one of us are more blessed than we are hurt or hindered? That we have more sunny days than we do rainy days? I love this quote. It says this, When you have a heart full of gratitude, it leaves no room for complaining. There's always something to thank God for, no matter what kind of adversity you have in your life. Anybody faced any adversity in their lives? Now, if there's any time that the enemy would love for you to shut down with your praise and your thanksgiving, it is in a time of adversity. But I like what Micah said, when I fall, I shall arise. You see, when we offer praise, we give thanks to God. And we show, he will show unto us the salvation or the deliverance of God. Don't let adversity pressure you into quitting but rather allow adversity to cause you to press into the presence of God. For as you press into the presence of God, the presence of God will lift you up out of that adversity. I heard Timothy say this, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In difficult season give thanks, in good seasons give thanks, in sunny days give thanks. In rainy days, give thanks. 
In pain, give thanks. In health, give thanks. In abundance, give thanks. In lack, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. For it is the will of God for my people to be thankful. And as they are thankful in every season of life, I will cause them to be matured and strengthened with might by my spirit. And I will harden you to difficulties. Yes, praise him in the morning. Praise him in the noontime. Praise him all day long. For the Lord is good and he is worthy of our praise and he is worthy of our thanksgiving. Glory to God. Hallelujah. There is a password in the realm of the spirit, just like you have a password to get into your iPad or to get into your computer or to get into your bank account. I have several passwords that I use, but there's one password that I can count on to get me into the presence of God every day, all day long. And you know what that password is? That password is thank you. Can I hear anybody in the house say thank you? Can anybody lift their voice up and say thank you, Lord? Can anybody shout thank you, Lord? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, hallelujah. Thanksgiving is like opening a door. And when you open up that door through praise and thanksgiving, God will take you on to more and more. How many of you know God's got more and more for you? He's got more grace for you. He's got more prosperity for you. He's got more strength for you. He's got more joy for you. He's got more days of heaven here on earth for your relationships right here on earth. We don't serve a God of less. We serve a God of more. We don't serve a God whose name is El Chipo. We serve a God whose name is El Shaddai. He's not the God that's less than the least. He's the God that's more than more than enough. And our God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think according to the power of God that's working in you. So activate me, says the Lord. Put me to work on your behalf. Praise me in your midnight hour and I will shower forth my grace and my power and I will lift you out of the prison house and I will lift you out of disease. As you praise me, my presence shall attend your way and you shall be glad and you shall say, Oh, thank you, Lord. You are so good to me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everyone say, yada. yada. Everyone say, yada. yada. Turn over to Psalm 92. I'll show you what I mean. We're going to do some yada this morning. Not yada yada. But yada yada. Hallelujah. Not yada yada yada. Yada yada yada. Psalm 92 verse 1. It is a good thing. To give yada to the Lord. And to sing his praises unto thy name, O thou most high. Everyone say yada. Now yada in the Hebrew means to confess or to show or to point with extended hands and with extended arms. What this is saying to us today is don't just You know, think your thanksgiving, but say it, show it, express it. We as Christians are not to be non-expressive people. 
We, were, we are to be expressive people. In the Old Covenant, you would see the children of Israel being ever so expressive. I mean, when they were happy and they were glad, I mean, they danced before the Lord with all their might. When they were mourning and they were sad, they'd tear their clothes. They were an expressive bunch. And that was before Jesus went to the cross. How much more should you and I be expressive after Calvary? I mean, they had the promises that pointed to Calvary and they got happy. But we have the resurrected Lord, the risen Savior. How much more under this better covenant should we be expressing our praise and expressing our thanksgiving? Express it to one another. You know, Brenda did a great job in talking about children's ministry. But I believe that an expression of thanksgiving is important to let people know how thankful for we are. For example, you go pick up your kids today, look Chuck right in the eye and Sherry and say, thank you so much for giving to the Lord. Those people that are in there serving Sunday after Sunday, you know, they've got a reward in heaven and they've got a reward here on earth. But I think a reward of thanksgiving from the people of God in their local community would mean a lot to them. Express your thanks. You know, when you're out eating and someone does a good job waiting on you. Now, we have all had the unhappy experience of, of you know, being in a setting where the person waiting on us didn't really want to be waiting on us. And so I had to give them a tip by faith. <laughs> Meaning I gave them a tip, but, you know. But when they do a good job, look them in the eye. Express your thankfulness. Say Thank you so much. Express it. How many of you husbands like a good meal? Every husband likes a good meal. Well, when your wife makes a good meal for you, stop and give thanksgiving. Why do we give thanks as Christians? Do we give thanks because we feel good all the time? Absolutely not. We don't give thanks because everything is all good because... In reality, there are days where it's not all good. I mean, God is good, but the situations we're in are not all good. But we don't live by what we feel. We live by faith in God's Word. You see, we need to give thanks because giving of thanks is good for us. The happiest people, the most generous people in this earth are thankful people. Thanksgiving comes from a heart of gratitude. The seeds of discouragement cannot take root in a grateful heart. Harry Ironside said this, Thanksgiving is the enemy of discontentment and dissatisfaction. I got a question for you here today. Has the Lord done anything good for you? Has He saved you from hell? Are you on your way to heaven? Has He healed your body? Has He restored your soul? Is He not the glory and the lifter up of our head? Don't forget to remember. Don't forget to rehearse what the Lord has done for us. You know, if you work for a company that has a benefit package 
I would dare say that one of the first things you look for in your benefit package is how many weeks of vacation do I get? (laughs) You spend time very carefully examining your benefit package. Do I have health insurance? Do I have dental insurance? Do I have some time off? And when is that time off so I can start counting the moments and the seconds? So we take time to carefully examine our natural benefit package. But, you know, as a believer, we have a believer's benefit package. And you know where that is? It's in Psalms 103. And I want to look at it this morning. Verses 1 through 5. There is a benefit package that belongs to every believer. I think that we need to become more familiar with that than we do our natural benefit package. In Psalms 103, verse 1, he says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. And forget not all his benefits. Who has forgiven me every sin. Who has healed me of every disease. Who has redeemed and continuously redeems my life from destruction. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies your mouth with good things. And your youth is being renewed like an eagle's. The question I have for you this morning is, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to be be blessing the Lord. What is our soul intended to do? To worry? To fret? To get angry? Or to be upset? No. We are to be blessing Him all the day long. Not allowing our heart to grow dim and dull through a spirit of ingratitude. God deliver Christians from a spirit of ingratitude. And let the Holy Spirit come upon us and enable us to be more grateful today than we've ever been before. I had a word in my spirit this morning that I wanted to to share with you. I want you to turn to Psalm 37, uh, verse 4 and verse 5. As we uh, look at that in the Amplified Version, Psalm 37, verse 4 and 5. Psalm 37 says, Delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires and secret petitions of your heart. Verse 5. Commit your way to who? Commit your way to the Lord. Now, I love how this says this. Roll and repose each care of your load on Him. Have you discovered that the enemy will just try to load you down with the cares of this life? The Bible says that the cares of this life will enter into a person's heart and choke the word and cause that word to become unfruitful in their lives. And so God says, I want you to give all your care to me because I love you and care for you. I want you to roll and repose, not some of your care, but each care of your load on Him. Now, when you cast your cares on Him, who's got them? He's got them. Now, that word repose there is a very interesting word. That word repose is often used at a funeral. When a person has gone on to be with the Lord they will say that person is lying in rest or that person is in repose 
at such and such a, a mortuary. In other words, they've gone to be with the Lord. Physically, they have passed. Physically, they are dead. Well, here's what God is saying to us today. If you will commit your way to the Lord, roll each care of your load on Him, you will become dead to worry. You will become dead to anxiety. You will become dead to the cares of this life. I love that, don't you? Amen. And then He says, don't just do that. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to trust in me, lean on me, rely on me, and be confident. Now say that with me. That's my part. part. Trusting Him, him. leaning on Him, him. and relying on Him, him. and being confident in Him him. is my part. part. Rolling my care on Him him. is my part. But now notice the rest of the verse. This is his part. And he will bring it to what? Whatever it is that you've committed to him. Whatever it is that you've prayed about. Whatever it is that you are believing him for. Don't worry about it. Just trust him. You do your part and let him bring it to pass in your life. And between the time you've committed it to him and trusted to him, you should be praising him and thanking him that he is about to bring it to pass in this hour, in this day. You see, there is a revelation in giving thanks to God before you can see it. Before you can feel it or taste it or touch it. Abraham did that. Abraham was given a promise from the father. He said, look, Abraham, I've made you a father of many nations. See, God calls those things that be not as though they were. Now, Abraham had a choice to make. Because when he looked at his body, he thought, I don't think so. When he looked at Sarah, he said, I don't think so. But the scripture says... He considered not his own body, now dead, being about a hundred years old. He didn't stagger at the promise of God through unbelief. You see, he had the promise and he carried the promise. Come on. But here's what Abraham did in Romans 4.21, and I want you to turn there. And this is what you can do. Say this to me, I'm thankful before, during, And after, after. my God God brings it to pass. pass. I want you to read this. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to do what? Let's look at verse 20. Got ahead of myself just a little bit. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith as he did what? As he gave glory to God. So we see that Abraham was trusting him. Abraham wasn't worried about it. You can't worry about it either. I heard Paul say, be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto who? 
unto God. Amen. Now, I have seen this in my own life and in the lives of many, many believers. I've seen people live lives out of dullness. And I'd like to be honest with you today. There have been times where I've felt very dull and I've felt very dry, but I'm not there right now. And I'm not going back there. And, and I, I can sense sometimes people are struggling with the lives that they face and the battles that they face in life. And, and all of a sudden, they kind of lose their edge. And, and one of the first things that goes south when a person loses their edge is their praise life. Oh, they may lift up their hands in church, but it's easy to go through the motions and not have your heart engaged what's in, what's in your hands. Amen? I believe this, that the most susceptible people to hardness of heart are believers. There is a difference between being spoiled and blessed. You know what that is? It's being grateful. I want you to notice something here today. I believe that's going to change your life. I want you to notice in Luke chapter 17 some truth here that will help you and remind you about giving of thanks. In Luke the 17th chapter, and we notice in verse 11, it says, And it came to pass as they went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen anyone with leprosy, but it's not a pretty sight. It's a very, very devastating disease. Not only because of what it does to a person's body, but also because of what it does to a person's soul. You see... Lepers are not free, and we're not free to go into society. And this group of lepers were congregated, most likely outside the town. They were all together because they all had the same disease. It was devastating. And there were ten lepers that were gathered there that particular day, and they stood afar off. And when they lifted up their voices, they said, Jesus, have mercy on us. You know, that's an appropriate prayer to pray. To call out for the mercy of God. Jesus, have mercy on us. And the Bible says in verse 14, And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves to the priest. What do you mean go show yourself to the priest? You see, Jesus was obeying Levitical law there. Because under Levitical law, when a leper was cleansed, he would, he would have to go to the priest and he would have to show to the priest that he was cleansed so that he would be welcome to go back into society, right? And so Jesus says, I want you to go show yourselves to the priest. Wow. Just think about it. If you were one of those lepers, what that means to you is... When the master said, go show yourself to the priest, that must mean that cleansing is on the way. 
Woo, glory to God. Go show yourself to the priest. Now notice, here's the revelation. The Bible said, and as they went, they were cleansed. Now if they had just stayed there and waited to be cleansed before they went, they would have never been cleansed. For faith acts on the promises that have been given. The promise was given, and the Bible said, as they went, they were healed. There's a revelation in there for us today. I have discovered that as I go in life, things happen. You see, we all carry a promise, but we don't see the cleansing at first. We may not see the financial need met at first. We may not see the body being whole at first. But as we go, as we move, as we step out by faith, carrying the promises of God, praising God all the while, we know that the cleansing comes. Say it with me. As they went, they were cleansed. How many of you know on Monday morning you don't always feel like going to work? But as you get up, as you thank God for strength, as you go, you will be strengthened. You know, it takes faith to tithe. It takes faith to give, doesn't it? Why? Because in the natural realm, you may not be able to see how you're going to be able to make it over here and over there. But as you go, as you bring your offerings to the Lord... As you tithe, as you give offering and go your way, God will meet you right where you're at. Don't wait to go. Just make sure before you go, you have the promise. Don't step out on foolishness or presumption. Step out on a solid foundation of the promises of God. And we've been given... 66 books of exceeding great and precious promises. I believe this. As you go, God will meet you right where you're at. Yeah, but I need some sore, I need some kind of assurance. What more assurance do you need than the word of the living God? Amen. All right. Verse 15. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back with a loud voice. What did he do? He glorified God. He turned back. How many of you are just freezing cold right now? Raise your hand. You're not? You're good? You're good. Well, I guess that's the wrong question. He turned back. And he glorified God. And verse 16 says, And he fell down on his face at his feet, giving thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Look at verse 15 in the message translation. This is, this is awesome. It said, read it with me if you would. One of them, when he realized that he was healed, turned around What did he do? He turned around and came back, shouting his gratitude. 
How many of you have ever seen The Price is Right? <laughs> seen The Price is Right? They read a person's name. And they say, Joe Smith. <laughs> Betty Smith. Come on down. Ah! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Jumping. Up and down. Or some plates and a potential dryer. Oh, glory! And maybe a shot at spinning the wheel. Just beside themselves. Did not our Jesus do more than provide plates and a dryer? Did there not Jesus do more than give us a shot at spinning the wheel? Did not our Jesus triumph over death, hell, and the grave and gave you the keys of hell and death? Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Shout unto God with a voice of praise. Glory to God. Yes, yes, yes. Shout it from the housetops. Shout it from the mountaintops. That Jesus Christ is alive. That He is my Lord. That He is my Savior. Happy is the people whose God is the Lord. These people that win the lottery, lottery win millions and millions and millions of dollars. They've got it one year and the next year it's all gone. Their happiness is temporary because their happiness is based upon a circumstance. You can't base your happiness on a dollar bill, a set of new plates. You can't base your happiness on getting a new dryer. I like new dryers. But you know what? You got to get a warranty along with it. Isn't that true? We've got to base our happiness on something greater than earthly possessions. Something greater. God did a great work for us. He did a great work in us. There's something I want you to see today. I, I, I pray the Holy Spirit will let you see it. that will help you to see it. It's so important. Again, in verse 15 and verse 16, it says, And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back. I want you to notice that word, turned back. He turned back. And with a loud voice, he glorified God. I want you to notice this morning that he turned around. That only one out of the nine, out of the ten, there were nine, only one of them turned around. It has been said by some commentators that the other nine perhaps were from the Jewish nation and because they were in covenant with God thought that it was owed to them and that this one leper was a Samaritan outside the covenant and was so very grateful 
for the goodness of God and the mercy of God. But the revelation I want you to see is this. Is that he didn't just keep moving. He was cleansed. But then he turned around. He turned around. I pray that you and I don't miss our moments. I pray that we will turn around. Not just this attitude, oh God, what a relief it is. You know, I felt that way some months. Oh, thank you. We made the mortgage payment. And just kind of, oh. Or, oh, I'm glad that test didn't reveal cancer. You see, it's okay to be relieved, but there needs to be more than relief expressed. There needs to be a turning. He was so overwhelmed by what God did. The Bible says he fell at his feet. He fell. You see, he knew where he had come from. He was so broken. And now he was whole. And yet his spirit remained contrite. His spirit remained pure. I'm not going to miss my moment of majesty. I'm not going to miss my moment of giving Him praise. I'm not going to credit what God has done in my life to my faith. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to cheapen the goodness of God by talking about how strong my faith is and how I'm all that because quite frankly, my faith is not that strong and I'm really not all that. But He is all that. And He's the all-strong one. He's the all-powerful one. He's the God that is worthy of our praise. See, as believers now that have been in this for a while, you're going to start noticing the favor of God and the blessings of God come back to you on every wave. But the danger in that is not turning around. The danger in that is looking for the next wave or the next blessing. But the leper returned. He turned to God. I pray that we don't miss our moments. Keith Moore said this. He said, if you want to increase your capacity to receive from God, develop a heart of thanksgiving. Verse 17 and 18. Are you getting it? I believe there's going to be some turning today. We're going to turn around and give thanks to God. Verse 17 and 18. And Jesus answering said... We're not the ten cleansed, but where are the nine? They're not found returned to give glory to God except this stranger, this Samaritan, this one that's outside of the covenant. What about the rest of you? He was shocked and surprised that only one of them returned to give thanks. 
See, he's not on an ego trip. He's not concerned about being thanked. What he's concerned about is us understanding what just happened. What just happened? Be the one during this Thanksgiving holiday, during this Christmas season, all during 2014, be the one who turns around. Notice with me in verse 19. Verse 19. Read it with me, please. And he said unto him, It's interesting to me, he said, your faith has made you whole. But I thought the others were made whole because they were cleansed as well. They got a cleansing, but this guy got wholeness. What's the difference between a cleansing and wholeness? I'm not sure. All I know is there must be a difference. One commentator said, when he said that, thy faith has made thee whole, he was talking about not just physically, but he was talking about in your heart. You are completely right and you are completely whole. You see, it's not a question of whether God blesses us or continues to bless us. The question is, is will we live a life of wholeness? I don't believe that we are whole in our lives until we're giving Him all the glory. And so He says, go your way. Go back to your life. Go back to your family. Be whole. Be normal. Go live your life. Your faith has made you well. This morning, I believe that we have a golden opportunity in these few moments before that we close. I believe we have a golden opportunity to return and to turn around and give glory to Him. Would you do that with me just for a few moments before that we leave this morning? Would you all stand to your feet? Lord, I've done my best to deliver Your Word twice today. And Father, I pray that the impartation of this revelation would grow and it would be steady in your people's lives. Just raise your hands right now. Let's just start thanking Him and worshiping Him. Lord, we worship You and we give You glory. Glory to God. You see, Abraham gave thanks before, but the leper gave thanks after. Let's give Him thanks. For whatever season in life we're in, let's turn. We give You glory, Lord. Oh, we glorify your name, Lord.